Hello, my name is Richard Pete Hill. I'm the host of the Black Hole Podcast. I hail from the great state of Mississippi. I'm a veteran of the United States Army, and most importantly, I am a lover of African American history that you should never forget. And it is my sincere hope that you will pick up on what I'm putting down. I will share with you some interesting facts that will hopefully motivate you to want to learn more about African American history. I am your host, Richard Pete Hill. Let's get started. Today's episode is Claude Harvard. After years of gains, black STEM representation is falling. Why? The share of black students completing STEM degrees was growing until the early 2000s. What went wrong? A number of factors are thought to be driving this decline. According to some experts, minority communities such as blacks and Latinos are disproportionately disadvantaged in terms of income inequality and lack of access to quality schools. Some experts say outreach efforts, peer mentoring, and other programs designed to foster an interest in science by black students have weakened, leaving a decline in enrollment. However, several education and legal professionals provided a much clearer and more sobering explanation. Black students have continued to lose STEM degrees as more policies and programs have moved away from addressing race in admissions, recruitment, and retention in higher education. The decline in Black participation in STEM programs is truly debatable, but here is what continues to be true. Young Black students are more than capable of mastering STEM courses, and this has been true since the first slave landed on the shores of Virginia in the year of our Lord, 1619. The Biden administration has submitted a $6 trillion budget to Congress for fiscal year 2022 that includes significant fundings for public education, especially for low-income black students. By increasing funding to Title I colleges and colleges that serve a high share of Black, Hispanic, and Native American students, the proposed budget would benefit these institutions. A component of the bill would also increase funding for STEM programs at these schools, alongside a requirement to establish programs and career pathways in computer science, nursing, and allied health. I applaud the president's efforts, but it is worth noting that black folks have been mastering STEMs since we've been here. Y'all better recognize the great work of George Washington Carver, Booker T. Washington, and Benjamin Banneker. They did so in spite of the hardships they had to endure, practicing their genius while black. During this podcast, I want to introduce you to a black man who did more to revolutionize Henry Ford's automobile operation than any other human being on the planet. He was born in 1911 in Dublin, Georgia, 
And in 1920, at the age of nine, his parents decided to move to Detroit, Michigan, along with countless other people who could no longer live as second-class citizens in the Deep South. As a young student in Detroit, he demonstrated an early interest in science and a revolutionary new technology called wireless radio. This young man sold various products door-to-door, allowing him to afford the crystal radio set he desperately needed. His talent for science, technology, engineering, and math led to a referral to the Henry Ford Trade School, a place where white students were taught trade skills. In order to enroll at the Henry Ford Trade School, he had to stay out of fights and resist the racial taunts of classmates. Besides manual training, academic classes were also required, and students could join clubs. At age 15, he joined a radio club and eventually became the club's president. When he was 16, he became the first black person in the state of Michigan to obtain an amateur radio license. He also established an amateur radio station at his school. His role as president of the radio club allowed him to meet Henry Ford, who shared his interest in radio. By 1919, Ford was increasingly reliant on radio to communicate. This young man graduated at the top of his class in 1932, but was ineligible to work as a tradesman because he was denied a journeyman's card. His talent was recognized by Henry Ford, and therefore he was hired at the trade school without the journeyman's card. The Ford Motor Company in the 1930s was the nation's largest employer of black workers. Like many large corporations, however, Ford also prevented blacks from advancing in the workplace. Ford revolutionized the automotive industry in 1932 with the introduction of a low-cost V8 engine. In order to reduce manufacturing costs, the company cast the crankshaft and cylinder banks into one unit, making the V8 affordable for under $500. Because the V8 was so affordable, Ford gained plenty of customers, and with them complaints, such as the engine's loud rattling. Ford needed a quick solution, and he wanted the best scientific minds working around the clock. Ford was reminded of a young black student named Claude Harvard, whom he had met earlier at the Henry Ford Trade School. Ford sent for the young man to help resolve the loud noise the V8 engine was making. In order to resolve the problem, Claude Harvard invented a machine They used radio waves to check the shape and size of piston pins. A Ford Motor Company representative hailed the machines as an example of its commitment to scientific accuracy and uniform production of products. Ford was so pleased with Claude's invention that he personally sent Claude to the 1934 Chicago World Fair and to the Tuskegee Institute in Alabama, just so he could illustrate the new product. Furthermore, Harvard appeared on a full-page Ford advertisement in a 1937 
Popular Science Monthly and on a calendar honoring celebrated Negro inventors. Harvard befriended George Washington Carver while at Tuskegee, and he would later introduce Carver to Henry Ford. In 1937, Henry Ford would invite George Washington Carver to visit him in Dearborn, Michigan. Claude Harvard patented 29 inventions for the production of Ford automobiles, but earned no royalties or profits as a result of a company policy which required employees to give up their inventions to the company. One of Claude's inventions was sold to U.S. Steel for a quarter of a million dollars. Over the years that Claude worked at Ford, he patented over 29 inventions, but when he and his wife separated in 1938, Claude was forced to leave the factory because Henry Ford had a strict moral code. After leaving Ford, Claude established his own business called the Exact Tool and Die Company. Initially, the business was successful, but then it failed when customers found out they were doing business with a black man. The federal government then hired Claude, but he soon learned that his pay scale was discriminatory. A friend from the Ford Trade School recommended he apply for a job at the Detroit Arsenal. Claude worked at the Michigan Arsenal until his retirement in 1977. He came out of retirement to begin teaching at Hope Machinist Training Institute in Detroit in the early 1980s. The school provided hands-on training to minority youth. Harvard became an unpaid volunteer at the school two years later. While serving as a faculty member, he designed implements and guides to facilitate the production of metal parts. Claude encouraged his students and all children to study math and to put as much effort into learning as they do into sports. Harvard once said in 1997, have you noticed how kids exercise, play sports, and learn dances? If they treated their brains the way they treat their bodies, they would be great. If you gave your brain half the exercise you give your muscles, you'd be very smart. Kids shouldn't be afraid of mathematics and science. The subjects aren't as hard as they look. I especially recommend that young people tackle mathematics. It really isn't that difficult. Apparently, the teachers just make it seem that way. And now, my friends, you know the whole story. You've been listening to the voice of Richard Pete Hill, the host of the Black Hole Podcast. If you like what you heard, please visit my website at richardpethill.com. And while you're there, please check out my Twitter and Facebook pages. And don't forget to hit that like button and share my media with your friends and family. Never forget, I'm willing to teach you what I know. If you're willing to admit that what you think you know about African-American history is only half true. Until then, try to remember, you are armed with knowledge if history is your weapon. Thanks for listening to The Black Hole.